your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. On today's show, if I had the rights to use a Mrs. Doubtfire clip, I probably would have used it, but uh, help is on the way in the form of Nathan McKinnon. We will hear Captain Gabe Landeskog's comments after the disappointing loss to Arizona, and we will do our three stars of the week of last week, not name Nathan, <coughs> which... Uh, Usually try to do those earlier in the week, but just the way the games have been going, uh, we have to wait until Wednesday to do it. But better time, you know, better late than never. First things first, follow the show on social media outlets, Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche, Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche, and send questions, comments, opinions, concerns to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. So the list of Avalanche players that are out goes on and on and on and on and at some point you have to think does it turn around now if you're an avalanche fan you might say the answer to that question is no and this is just our life and we have to deal with injuries next man up mentality whatever you want to say uh but when you get a guy like nathan mckinnon who's coming back it's almost like you're getting five guys back in one body um he, he's, you know, him and Kel McCarr are the two that you are looking at and saying, when are they returning? For Nathan McKinnon, it will be Wednesday night against uh, <clears throat> Arizona. Kel McCarr, it seems like these injuries are so weird because you don't get a lot of transparency from the Avalanche. And, you know, I don't cover other teams, so I don't know if they are as non transparent as the Avalanche are. But uh, it, it's just upper body, lower body. And I know other teams will do that. But beyond that, the Avalanche give you nothing. And Jared Bednar gives you nothing. And he even said in a press conference, I know that's frustrating, but he doesn't really talk to his trainers. His trainers will come to him and say, this guy is ready to go. This guy is not ready to go. They'll fill him in. And that's not that surprising because when the Avalanche were on their almost two-week break from COVID and he was asked, are you in communication with your players? He said no. And it's not because he doesn't want to be. It's just he doesn't feel like he needs to be. If there was some pressing issue, he would call them up or he would shoot them a text message. But he doesn't feel like he needs to do that. So it's not surprising to me that he is doing the same thing when it comes to injuries. He's just... He's coaching the players that he has in front of him. And when the players that are injured are feeling better, the training staff or the doctors are going to come to him. Why chase them around for uh, an answer of, I don't know, or we'll let you know tomorrow. Whenever the doctors know, whenever the trainers know, they're going to tell the head coach. So I like that mentality by him. It's just I I can't focus on the guys that aren't here. I have to focus on the guys that are here. And Nathan McKinnon's coming back. So uh, it's good to see that, you know, that injury was not 
too serious. Um, and <clears throat> the other ones, like the Kale McCars, we don't know what happened. And you heard from him, like, he might be out another few games. I think the statement was something to the effect of, of all the guys that are out, Nate is the one who's most closest to return. Everybody else, I don't know. So that's a little bit scary. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, you have a lot of guys out. And to not even have a time frame of, uh, you know, a couple games for guys like Byram or Comfer or obviously Makar, uh, you know what the issue is in terms of how long they're going to be out with Francois and Johnson. But so so those you guys can you can put those guys to the side. But the the things with Makar, it's just like, well, we don't know where he got injured. We didn't see anything in, in the game where he got injured. Um, so, so what is it and why is it so long? We're not going to get that info. We're not going to get anything else than upper body and he's out for a little while, but with the guys you do have, you have to do what you have to do. So again, do the avalanche make a move for a backup goalie Uh, as every day goes on? I'm a little bit shocked that they haven't. But in the same aspect, uh, you know, we're, we're still a month away from a trade deadline. But but why wait that long? If you if you know the backups are not gonna hold their own weight, why are you going to wait? With, with the way the, the the season is and the schedule is, give Grubauer as much as a break as you can give him now. Don't wait another month and put another month of games on this guy's back because in a month from now, he might be burnt out. He might be spent. So make a deal now, and you can have your 1A or 1A, 1B, however you want to word it, goalie tandem going for the next month, which would be the next two months of the season, which would take you to the end of the season. Why why wait and do it at the trade deadline when you're only going to get that player and, and, and spell him or spell Grubauer for a month. And maybe it's not on the avalanche. Maybe teams are waiting and, and hanging on to players as long as, as possible. I, you'd have to think the avalanche are making some calls. The, the one guy who I never thought would even sniff an avalanche sweater, the name that I'm that I'm hearing from multiple sites is Pecorine. That would be pretty incredible. And uh, see, I, I, from Nashville is just you know they're, they're not doing. Where are they here? <clears throat> uh, Nashville is eleven and four, eleven fourteen and zero. So you know they're at the bottom of the standings. The only teams below them are Dallas and Detroit. So people are kind of thinking, you know, and they're in they're in the division with Tampa, Carolina, Florida, who continues to play well. Chicago, who continues to play well, Columbus, who's underachieving. Um, so all those teams are above them. Nashville's not going to catch them. So some people think Nashville is is going to kind of make some players available and start socking prospects away, start socking uh, draft picks away. And Nashville has some good young goalies. Who are their future? And Rene is really not in their future anymore. He could be a guy that goes to Colorado, but Colorado needs to make a move. And what do you give up? Is it just draft picks? 
Is it some prospects? Is it a combination of the two? Remember, you have you don't have a second round pick for the next two years thanks to the Taves trade. Fine. <clears throat> you don't want to be the team that just starts giving up your picks left and right. You do want your picks. And you know, for, for Rene, you're not going to be giving up a number one. So your your ones are safe, but you don't want to go any further with your number twos because you don't have those for the next couple of years. So what is it? I mean, would would Nashville give him up for anything over a second round pick? Maybe. Maybe, uh, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams that would want to take him for the the way that this season is. I don't know. That's all stuff that's going to get worked out, but <clears throat> bottom line here is Nathan McKinnon is returning, and if he, I'm sure, has been watching these games uh, from his house or his hotel room, uh, I, I'm waiting to him, waiting for him to come back and absolutely take over. I think he's watching this team from afar and 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 really seeing from that eagle view of what's wrong uh, with the team. And I can't wait for him to come back and play tonight because I think he, he is going to take the reins of this team and say, get on my back and here we go and let's go on a run. It could happen right now. Let's see. It should be fun. So, <clears throat> all right. Uh, let's hear from one of our sponsors of the day before we get to the Captain Gabe Landeskog post-game press conference, which is just a few minutes long, but <clears throat> we will hear from Built Bar. And right now, Built Bar is getting in on the March Madness Madness. And we've been telling you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while now. And it's amazing flavor. It's amazingly low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, like we always say. It has an amazing taste with all of the flavors that are available to you. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best with Built Bar Madness. You can go to their website, builtbar.com, and you'll see a link for a bracket. <clears throat> and every day there are two matchups to kind of uh, not bet on. <laughs> but to select from and the matchups today are the banana nut bread versus the toffee almond i'm going banana nut bread all day on that and the second matchup is the orange versus peanut butter and that is peanut butter all day now if i look at the bracket because they have the bracket up to date right now and how i always say you know anything peanut butter for me you know is a home run the peanut butter brownie made it to the second round against that new coconut almond and that thing is probably my favorite so i'm going against my own words whenever that matchup is it's not right now but i'm probably going coconut almond over the peanut butter peanut butter brownie <clears throat> but right now definitely banana nut bread definitely peanut butter go on built bar take part in the built bar bracket challenge to pick your favorite flavor and then at checkout enter that promo code locked on 20 and you still get 20% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, so like we said, the frustrating loss that the Avalanche had to Arizona. And Gabe Landeskog, like he always does, had a uh, post-game press conference. And a couple good things that he said in here, so we're going to play this and then have some comments on the other side of it. Captain Gabe Landeskog, only a few-minute clip, so here it is. Um, I guess just how much do you chalk this up as one where you outplayed them and had a few bad breaks and how much is it 
I guess, frustrating that you lost? Um, well, yes, I agree with your first statement. Uh, we were the better team tonight and weren't able to, you know, we, we had scoring chances. We weren't able to put it in and, and they scored on theirs. And your second question is the answer is yes. It was frustrating. Adrian Dater, Colorado Hockey Now. Definitely were the better team in the last two periods, Dave. Uh, first period lately, though, have been a problem on the homestand. Are you a little surprised that there was sort of another one tonight? Sorry? Uh, what, was sorry that, yeah. what was the end of that question? Um, are you surprised that there was another slow start to a game after two, uh, two of them already in this homestand? I actually disagree with that. I, I don't think we had a very slow start. I thought we had a pretty decent start. Um, we had some good jump. Um, they score. First one's power play, I believe, and and uh, and then the second one is, yeah. There's some confusion in D zone, and and uh, we don't pick up all the guys, and and they end up having to see an eye shot from the blue line, but. Um, it was better than the last two games against Anaheim. Um, and I thought tonight wasn't horrible, but uh, we still got another gear, no doubt. And I think the last two periods, we got better as the game went on. Eric Dean, Mile High Sports. Gabe, do you feel like it's hard to uh, get into a rhythm knowing that pretty much every single day almost you guys have another player out with an injury and the lines are jumbled up because of that? It is what it is. There's not much we can't control that. Um, you know, injuries happen, uh, and we're trying to make the best of the situation. So, um, you know, for us, it's it's about going out there and executing and, and working hard and, and winning hockey games, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, it's unfortunate that we got a lot of injuries, but rather deal with it now than in the playoffs. Mike Chambers, Denver Post. Hey, Gabe, on a personal note, how is the newborn boy and Melissa, and what is his name? His name is Lucas, and he's doing great, and so is Melissa. Thanks for asking, Mike. Uh, it's been uh, – everybody's healthy and, and uh, happy addition to, to the family, and it's all good. Thanks, Mike. Last one here for Gabe, Peter Baugh, The Athletic. Yeah, Gabe, I was just wondering, what have you thought of Miko playing center? Have you thought he's done in that kind of adjusted role? Uh, I thought he's been good. I mean, I, uh, last last five games or so, I think he's been real dominant uh, with the puck. And, and without the puck, he's working hard. Uh, playing as a, as a centerman is a different position. But at the same time, it's, um, you know, he's he's used to – we're used to kind of just reading off each other on our line and, and wherever you kind of end up, you make plays and, and you figure it out. So, um, but I think he's been, been playing well and can't tell it's a new position by watching him play. All right. And there is Captain Gabe Landeskog and uh, just a couple of things, you know, he talked about Miko Rantanen and how, you know, he, he played fine in the role of uh, playing center and like I said in yesterday's show, like, yeah, I, I think he did play fine in that position. I just would like to see him on a wing. I just think that's where he produces more. He's tougher to guard out there. Um, and he, he doesn't have that playmaking ability as a centerman that you want to see, like, you know, like Nathan McKinnon can do. 
not many people can do what Nathan McKinnon can do. And I'm not asking Miko Rantanen to do that, but uh, he his game is up against the board and using his strength and skill against the boards. And then the question that he took from Adrian Dater, where Dater kind of said, you know, another game where you guys came out slow. And Gabe pushed uh, back against that and said that he disagreed. And I have to disagree with that disagreement. <laughs> you know, the the goals are n- nothing that they could do. The goals were, were tippins and those are going to happen. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I agreed with data on that. I, I think the way that the avalanche came out, um, was definitely better. And Landeskog did say that he said it was better than the, the last two games against Anaheim. I mean, if that's your metric, if that's what you're going off of, then yeah, it was a, a huge improvement. But if you're going off of how you should be playing, it's not it's not an improvement. So I do. I think the Avalanche need to come out and play uh, the way that they played the second half of that game for an entire 60 minutes. And you might give up some odd man rushes on the back end because of that. But like I said in yesterday's show, maybe you won't because you only gave up 14 shots on goal. So it obviously worked, and I know it's you know Arizona, and they're not an offensive juggernaut team, but still, they're a professional hockey team, and you held them to to fourteen shots on goal. So um, I do. I think I think they do have to come out with a little bit more uh, energy, and not you know wait around. They're not looking to go down two goals to nothing, but uh, don't give teams the opportunity to to be up even by a goal. And again, <clears throat> those those shots that were tippins, you can't do anything about it. But uh, be a little bit more aggressive in the early going and not just work yourself into the game, kind of like take the lay of the land. All right, how's this game going? And then adjust. You be the aggressors right off the bat. So we'll see how it goes tonight. I think with Nathan McKinnon in the game uh, and him being, you know, he's always angry. He's like the Hulk. Um I think you're going to get that early on from the Avalanche tonight, and he's going to be the one to force the issue. And the Avalanche, as a team, should follow suit. Okay, let's hear from uh, Bet Online, and then we'll get to our three stars of last week. <clears throat> so, Bet Online, it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We don't have football anymore, so let's get over the football season. But there is still the NBA, there is still college basketball, there's still the NHL, there is still. NASCAR, there is still soccer to bet on. Bet online, they even let you bet on award shows, television shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, and one last thing to get to before we call it a day our three stars of last week, not named Nathan. And for this week, like I say, most of the time, like I take into account stats, sure, but also those guys that maybe are just working their butts off and need to get some recognition where they otherwise might not. Uh, that's really not going to happen this week. This is pretty much three guys that have been putting up the numbers. Um, and you kind of have to, when, when you're riding that wave, 
you kind of have to go with it. So I struggled as to which, you know, how to order them. Uh, But I think I I pretty much had my number one guy pretty much set, maybe flip-flopping second star and third star overall. But for the third star of the week, uh, that's going to go to Sammy G. He had two goals, three assists, uh, if you want to include. Yeah, I think that's from uh the from the from March 1st obviously they didn't play on the 28th of February so uh for March for on yeah two goals uh a goal each in both of the San Jose games um and then nothing in the first game against Anaheim a two assist night in the second game against Anaheim and then another assist against Arizona and logging crazy minutes and they are leaning on him and Taves to do a lot of the heavy lifting on the defensive end and they've been up for it for now. Uh, but it's kind of the same thing that Grubauer is going through. Like how much weight can you put on them until they break? Um, let's hope, you know, guys like Byram and McCarr come back before you do this to them, giving them 26, 27, 28 minutes a night for the next month. I, I just hope that doesn't happen. They're doing fantastic with it now but that is a bend don't break mentality uh but definitely i think sam gerard is definitely deserving of the third star of the week the number two star of the week uh goes to miko rantanen he's he's been on a tear uh the march 1st game against san jose uh nothing but the march 3rd game two goals two assists nothing in the first game against anaheim two more goals in the second game against Anaheim and then an assist uh, the the other day against Anna, <coughs> excuse me, against Arizona. So, uh, so we've got four goals and three assists. Yeah, that's a good week. <laughs> um, so he, he, and again, he's a guy that has had to step it up. Even, you know, even when Nathan McKinnon is in the lineup, uh, they need him to play like, to the level he's capable of doing. And then when Nathan McKinnon is out, even more so. And he's done that. And then for the my number one star of the week, I mean, how can you not give it to Nachuskin? Nachuskin doesn't have the the numbers that, you know, Rantanen has. Rantanen was seven points total. But Nachuskin with uh, two goals in the first game against Anaheim, including that overtime game winner, uh, he picked up an assist the next uh, game, the second game against Anaheim, and then another goal the other day uh, against Arizona. So, and and just the way he's playing, like he's not getting garbage goals or garbage points. Like he is becoming a force, which he can do. He's a big boy, and he's tough to push around. So, uh, and again, another player that needed to step up. Whenever Nathan McKinnon goes down or Rantanen goes down or Kale McCarr goes down, you always ask the question, who's going to step up? And right now, even, you know, and I've always, I've been singing the praises of Tyson Jost. Um, He's not getting the points to show how hard he's working. Uh, Nachuskin is. So uh, guys like Jost and Nachuskin are really turning it on when the Avalanche need it. Now, 
is that translating into wins? You know, Avalanche had an okay week. You know, they didn't sweep the week, but uh, they're in these games because of guys like Nichuskin. So I think he is very well deserving of the the number one star of the week. So what do you think? Do you disagree? Anybody that you think should be on here that's not, let me know at LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com or LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter. That's going to be it for today, everybody. Uh, hopefully the Avalanche can... They, they, you have to think they got to get on a roll at some point. Maybe with the return of Nathan McKinnon, that can happen. We shall see. Enjoy the game. Everybody stay safe. Thank you for tuning in today and each and every day. It's always greatly appreciated. And I'll see everybody tomorrow. Stay safe. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!